Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Lockdown Guardians. The Guardians keep on winning, even though they keep trying to give them away. We'll get into this Colorado series. We'll talk a little bit about some prospects, and we're going to preview the Dodgers because on tomorrow's show, we're going to have a postmortem on the Rockies series with Paul Holden of Lockdown Rockies. So today is talking about the game, and let's just be honest, the catch by Stephen Kwan story of that one. Uh, as well as the Dodgers, and just odds and ends when it comes to the Cleveland Guardians on today's episode of Locked On Guardians. You are Locked On Guardians, your daily podcast on the Cleveland Guardians, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Longdown Guardians. I am your host, Jeff Ellis. We're, oh man, terrible start there. Uh, I'm the host of Lockdown Guardians. Before this, I was the lead draft and MLB uh, prospect analyst for Scout and 24-7 under the Scouting Baseball. That's right, we own scoutingbaseball.com, and 24-7 just let that lapse. It seems like a, a mistake in my mind, but uh, before that, I wrote at primarily Indians baseball and Indians prospect insider back with Tony Lastoria back in the day. I actually did the Smoke Singles Smoke Signals podcast with Tony. Very different style than this one. Uh, blog Talk Radio was what we used back in the day, but that's where I got my start doing podcasting. It was much more like radio uh, than this, and I want to thank you for making Lockdown Guardians your first listen today and every day, wherever it is you get podcasts. I am, if you are watching on the YouTube, I'm going with Backward Hat, and the primary reason to go with backward hat is one to continue to uh, you know not have to mess and fuss with hair. But two, when you have a forward hat and you got the mic right here, and I'm trying to be better about speaking directly into the mic, uh, about four times a show I feel like I hit the bill of the hat into the mic. So we're just going to keep it backwards, still allow me to block the terrible hair, but uh, not have like eight times a show where I bump into this. I also want to be honest. I've had about six brownouts tonight. I've been waiting and waiting to see if I'm going to be able to record. I've just had things kick off and on uh, in the basement. Computer is at a full charge. I think I should be at least good enough to record this, hopefully to upload it. We will see. Uh, If you're hearing this part, well, you just heard my nervousness, and it was all for naught. Let's get into today's game. We've wasted enough time here at the top. This game, to me, was just another badly played game. Cleveland is punching down right now. They are just, they're facing a not-good Colorado Rockies team, and they're making so many foolish errors. I mean, specifically two errors in this, but it was an ugly game. Cleveland wins this one 7-5. Uh, Connor Pilkington goes 4 and a third, 6 hits, 1 walk, 3 strikeouts, 4 runs, 2 earned. I, I always have this feeling with, like, 4 runs, 2 earned. Uh, in this situation, because one of the problems was like he threw a wild pitch that got a run across and had an error. And I think got what the first two runs across with those two. So it's like he's got unearned runs that are 100% earned runs because it's based on what he did. Uh, the yeah, it's just a lot of frustration in what's happening. Uh, you know, you do give Pilkington credit in the first for the pickoff, but you know, Mercado dropping a baseball calling off Ahmed Rosario, and you're like, and, and again, you don't get Andres Jimenez playing because there's a lefty. And Austin Gomber isn't a good lefty. He is a 4-5 lefty. Uh, he is a back-end lefty. He wouldn't be a starter for the Guardians right now. He wouldn't be a starter for many a team in baseball. And you're not starting Andres Jimenez. 
So you can continue to do the Ernie Clement show. Ernie Clement goes over uh, three with a walk today. He's now down to a 522 OPS. Let's take out our second best hitter to have that in there. Clement is a useful last guy on the bench. He is a great teammate. He runs well. He doesn't strike out. He can play many positions around average to below average. But making him a permanent platoon partner with your second best hitter, it's like you're not even trying to win games. And this is a team that is right now, again, half a game out of the wild card uh, and making up ground uh, in the central. It's just ridiculous. I'm getting so tired of this. Why are you not playing your borderline all-star candidate? Okay, you know, if you want to make the case that Med Rosario is a glue piece, that's fine. You know, we can deal with it. He still shouldn't be batting second. I know he went three for five today, and he's up to a 664 OPS. But again, that 664 OPS is barely better than Oscar Mercado's right now. It was Rosario's first home run of the year. Now, uh, he he likes facing Colorado. I listened to the Colorado broadcast. I talked about this on yesterday's show to hear uh, Jack Corrigan. And it's really refreshing. Here's the thing. Cleveland's baseball broadcasts are, when you look at pieces like, I believe, the Athletic put together, you know, like where they rate teams, I believe Cleveland's was in the bottom five a year ago. And in terms of things like analytics and advanced thought, new age things, there's none of that. You know, we talked, I talked about Jack Horgan being, you know, he, he grew up in Cleveland. He was the longest uh, before Rick Manning uh, took over. And then took that uh, title. Uh, Corgan was the longest-running TV uh, announcer for the Guardians. He was talking about barreling. He was talking about eggs of lost. He's talking about all of these things uh, on the broadcast, and we just don't get that on the Guardians broadcast. It's it's very weird that we have this like really advanced front office, and then we have a manager who doesn't do advanced things anymore. He used to. He used to be someone who's willing to adapt and change, but now now he's very much stuck in his way. Media coverage, I mean, there are people who do it amazingly well. Uh, you know, I, I, Zach Meisel, I believe, is probably on paternity leave. You know, he posted a picture of a baby. I, I, that's just my assumption. I miss, I desperately miss his writing right now. Uh, Mandy Bell puts good things together at MLB.com. Ryan Lewis at the Akron Beacon Journal. Uh, I always, you know, I used to work with Hayden at Indians Baseball Insider. Hayden Grove, he doesn't do as much with baseball anymore, but he's a very sharp baseball mind back in the day. But we don't see a lot of it, and it just it's hard. Ben Axel uh, Axelrod with WKYC does some great work. Uh, additionally, you know, it's just one of those. It's a younger generation who's really attempting to learn some of these things, and we just don't see it or hear it. You know, the Houston Astros show FIP in their in their in game stats. They talk about it. They have that level of depth we just don't see, and it's a little frustrating uh, because it's just it's all up and down. We have this very advanced front office, and then nothing. Uh, like at any other step of the way. I can't remember where I started to get on this road here, but uh, yeah, this team right now, oh, you know, I think uh, Ahmed Rosario apparently kills Colorado, uh, dating back to his Mets days. He's got the 330 hitter. They brought that up on the, the broadcast. So he is he's certainly feasting right now. He's not the worst two-hitter anymore. Uh, honestly, that's, you know, the bigger issue is Miles Straw. And Miles Straw has probably always been miscast to a degree as a leadoff hitter. Yeah, he was awesome when he came over, but I talked about it then. Like he probably was not going to be a one ten runs created plus guy going forward. He was not going to be someone who's like ten percent better on average. 
you're looking at an average to like a 90th percentile, which is below average, like not 90th good, but like 90, 90th, that's the wrong wording, a 90, which is about 10 percentile points below the, the mean uh, for him. So he was probably always on a good team, more cast to be your, your, you know, your nine hole guy. And he's still, I mean, his defense is why he should play every day. But right now, him batting leadoff is an issue. It's just, I mean, he is he's scuffling and he is striking out more than normal. He's not making strong contact content. No, right now I'm not making strong content. He's not making strong contact. So it's, uh, yes, I know they're winning, and I'm going to leave Ahmed alone. The bigger issue to me right now with this lineup, the way it is constructed, the way it was played today, one, Andres Jimenez is still batting very low in the order. When he, he plays, because for some reason he, he can't play against any lefty, even the ones that aren't great lefties. And two, Miles Straw. Like, for my up and down issues with Rosario, he is playing better. I still don't think two is necessarily the right spot for him, but that's Straw and the refusal to play Jimenez. Uh, Jimenez every day is th- those are the bigger things Th- those are now going to be what I harp on on this show uh, that's going to be the stuff that stands out but you know overplaying Ernie Clement these are the the things that are there now Mercado for me dinging him I mean he did have two hits drove in in uh, the first run of the game I want to say and then when he got taken out like Stephen Kwan again the catch he made with runners in scoring position I don't know, was that like the 7th or the 8th? That was unbelievable. I mean, if you missed it, you have to go. Just the extension to get there, to get that third out, that would have been, this game would have been tied. That would have scored at least two runs if he doesn't make that catch. It was just, it was the play of the game for me. And this one, the bullpen had its ups and downs. And where are we? We're at 10 minutes. We're going to take a break. You're then going to get to hear me harp on Nick Sandlin, who they're again going to. Uh in situations that are not ideal, Trevor Steffen, it was only one batter, but hey, nice to see him go out and do something clean. Brian Shaw, I mean, I got to give credit where it's due. We'll talk about Shaw, we'll talk about Class A, we'll talk about, you know, the bullpen in general, because all of these guys outside of Sandlin did a really good job. And, uh, you know, the bullpen has had its ups and downs, but I don't think it's a concern. Uh, I don't think it's a concern at all, and not just because of the players in AAA we talked about earlier in the week. We're going to take our first break here, come back, talk about the bullpen performance in this game, talk about you know the offensive performance, and then just talk about how much the Guardians seem to just want to give these games to Colorado, and Colorado will not step up and win them. So our first sponsor today is Sports Card Investor. So I'm going to be honest with you. This is something I was not familiar with before they became a, uh, a, a sponsor, but it's an idea I love. So I use for video games something called Game Eye because even though I collected cards as a kid, my most valuable thing I have is the fact that I'm that person who saved all their boxes and I played a lot of role playing games. So I have all of these like Super Nintendo rolling uh, RPGs in boxes with their manuals. And what's super nice about that app is like, you know, I could just look at pictures and find out how much everything's value is. And I've been wanting something to do that with cards forever. And that's exactly what the Sports Card Investor app is. It's a free app, and you can look at seven and thirty day charts. Like that's better than the game I talked about, which just tells me, okay, like here's like what it's sold for recently. You get to see charts. They have over six hundred thirty cards, and they're growing. It's not just baseball; it is all sports. Uh, 
if I had my cards here in handy, I would be like, I would down, well, I've downloaded the app, the free sports card investor app. And I would be going through my card collection. I'd be checking things out. I'd be seeing what is valuable and what isn't. Cause I've got a closet at my mother's house right now that was, you know, cards were my thing from whew, third through about eighth grade. That, that was like uh, Ninja Turtles took baseball cards was essentially how it worked for me. Uh, and I should say sports cards, not just baseball cards. But yeah, what's super nice again is it's very user-friendly. It is a completely free app that it takes the guesswork out. Like if you have a card collection and you're like someone who wants to sit back and try to figure out what it's worth. If you're going to, I mean, cards boom during the pandemic. If you want to maybe make some extra money and move your collection, this is the way to do it. Check it out. Save yourself some time. Uh, right now, download the Sports Card Investor app today. Available for free in Google Play and the Apple Store. Or go to sportscardinvestor.com backslash locked on. Actually, go there. That's probably more helpful to us. But uh, either way, it's it's a good idea. This is something I've wanted for cards for a long time. It is growing. It is expanding. Uh, it, you know, try a few cards. You know, you might think like 630 cards is a lot. It's not. If you really think about it with knowledge of cards, it's not a ton. But I love their commitment to their product. And it is a good product and is one that's going to be very useful for anyone who, like me, has closets, has a closet full of cards. Okay, getting back into this one. So... Pilkington goes four and a third, and then you've got, I mean, Eniel de los Santos. He's here to stay, right? Like I, this, it's funny because I joked about his addition to this team uh, in the off season because he was like one of the few minor league. I mean, he's one of the. It's like Luke Maley was really their only free agent addition, and then Eniel Eniel was added as a you know a minor league free agent before the lockout occurred. And then you look at, oh, yeah, he came up with Philly. Not a strong developmental track record in Philadelphia. It just hasn't been. Go ahead. Tell me. Tell me. Uh, yeah, Aaron Nola and the rest of that rotation is guys they have signed or traded for. They have not done it on their own. So, again, targeting those types of arms. He's a big guy, a strong kid. Right now, like that rotation, Aaron Nola, uh, Zach F. F- Eflin, who came over from San Diego, Kyle Gibson, who was trade with Texas, Zach Wheeler is a free agent, and uh, Ragnar uh, Suarez, who was an internal guy, as well as Nola. But they've had a lot of guys go in there. That is not a strong one. And Neil's been great. He's been solid. He's been steady. Uh, I have a lot of faith in him right now. I was just kind of looking at the, you know, am I the only one who really... When it comes to stats, does not like the MLB website. It is like one of the worst. Uh, I don't know, just the way it's laid out and everything. Uh, but right now, the important ones, 12.23K per nine, 3.06 walk per nine. Bapip is in with league average, and he's getting more and more opportunities. Went an inning and two-thirds today, only two hits given up. And then, you know, so you're into the seventh. Let's just let's talk about the seventh here, because this is where they had a, a chance for this to get worse, and we also faced Jules Chisen in our half of the seventh, which is you know just its own set of things. So it's a double strikeout, a walk, of course, because it's Sandlin line out single, and then they go get Trevor Steffen, who uh, gets Jose Iglesias to line out 
and they get out of that threat. But again, it's just Sandlin is it's a while since he has had a clean inning. And you know, not necessarily even an immaculate inning, but like an inning where he didn't allow a base runner. Has that happened all year? Yet they keep going to him more than under their arms, and I just I it's you know, I, I really need to look at the numbers and see what's going on. I he was hurt last year, he was hurt the year before that, he was hurt the year before that. So I don't know if we even have enough savant data to really get in there and try to figure out uh if something is different this year, if it's just not being spun as well or what. But Last year, he looked like their eighth inning guy. And this year, every time he enters a game, I am nervous. The last time he had an inning where there was no base runner... Um, that hasn't happened since April 30th. And he's been in a lot. You know, he had one, two, three, four... For everyone likes counting on the air. Seven in uh, May, and he's already got three appearances in June. Uh, he's just not been effective, and they keep going to him. Uh, Trevor Steffen comes in, and that situation helps stop the bleeding. Brian Shaw's been great. For, I mean, let's be honest. Brian Shaw is the big free agent signing. I, I know I said it was Luke Maley, but Shaw got more than Maley, and he's going to hit those incentives because they're about appearances. Uh, we'll see if he can stay stick it together i don't know how or why or it's just everything with shaw is weird because i mean he was awesome last year and then like july hit and he turned into a pumpkin so we'll see what happens here with him and then emmanuel classic gave up the one hit and for the second day in a row he gets a save he's up to 13 and gets a, a save on a double play for the second day in a row i i don't think i've seen that who reached base twice in this one well we mentioned ahmed rosario had three hits Jose Ramirez had four, Mercado had two, and I believe that is all in terms of uh, multiple times. Uh, Owen Miller had a double, 17th of the year, nearly out of the park. Remember when he led the league in doubles, he's down to 10th because he has cooled off a bit. He's down to a 737 OPS. He's cooled off a lot. Um, Goes one for four in this one. Honest to goodness, we're kind of to a point where He's looking more like what I projected, which is kind of like a a plus backup, you know, a plus utility. Basically, he is projecting more to be what they're trying to make Ernie Clement be. Like that uh, that role where it's like he's maybe a platoon guy, can play a few, like that might be more Miller. Uh, but yeah, he's he's cooled off significantly where you consider where he started. Uh, you know, Naylor is still over an 800 OPS. Uh, Stephen Kwan is in the same range as Miller, but he brings the extra defensive value. And it, part of Kwan, because OPS is a flawed stat, it you know it more heavily weighs in slugging percentages. And Miller has an advantage there, while Kwan has a much greater on base. So, but yeah, I just I, you know he's he, the fact that he still hits ahead of uh, Andres is just another thing that makes my. Makes my mind hurt, uh, makes my soul hurt <laughs> for this team. But Miller still, I mean, it's, uh, but a double by Miller, Mercado, and Josh Naylor. Uh, Rosario had a triple and a home run and a single, so he was a double away from the cycle in this one. And then, I mean, they just ran a lot in this series. Uh, Rosario had a sixth stolen base, an 11th for Jose Ramirez. Uh, they were off and running. They had extra base hits galore. 
Seven runs is actually kind of low because they had 11 hits in the era. That gives them 12 opportunities. Plus three walks is 15 opportunities. Uh, a wild pitch on each side, but those don't count. So, I mean, seven on 15, you're like, the rule is it should be closer to five. Yeah, but there were not a lot of extra base hits. That's, it, yeah, I guess it's not really that they should have. It's just when you look at the fact that they had, what, one, two, three, four doubles, a triple and a home run, six extra base hits, you almost expect more than seven in that situation. I got to figure out how I want to weigh those to, you know, go through and dig through the data. But in a general way, you just kind of look at that. I mean, the offense was cooking in this one. Uh, the other side of things, 11 hits by Colorado. I'm sorry, Cleveland, there's just a one error. So Cleveland only had uh, 15 opportunities. So just five runs is is the kind of the rule of thumb. The extra base hits is how they got up to seven. Colorado had the same number, 11 hits. The two errors by Cleveland gives them 13. And then they walked, so they also, uh, twice, so they had 15 opportunities as well, and they got the five runs on the 15 opportunities because they had three doubles. Uh, they didn't have the extra base hits Cleveland had, nor did they have the stolen bases that kind of helped uh, progress the offense. Uh, in this one, you're three stars. I, you have to give it to Rosario and Jose for three and four hits, and then uh, Quan automatically makes it because that catch was a game-saver. Like He had one of the most important play in this game, uh, that diving catch in the outfield. I know he goes over two, but that catch is the difference between w- uh, winning in this game going into extras. Cleveland improves to 31 and 27. Uh, now the schedule starts to get rough. This is like the the fun part is over. Uh, and from here, it's just going to get significantly more difficult for Cleveland. And I believe next up is the Los Angeles Dodgers. And I don't know why I'm saying I believe. I've already pulled up all of my data because I know they're the next team up uh, when it comes to uh, the schedule. We're going to take our next break. We're going to come back and do a preview for this you know, rough weekend series. All lefties uh, with the Dodgers in L.A. Off day Monday. But it's Dodgers, Minnesota, Boston. It's rough, but if they have playoff aspirations, you got to make your bones now. You have to beat the teams in front of you. You have to perform when given these opportunities. This is a hard stretch, but this is when we're going to find out if they're contenders or pretenders, and we'll talk about that on more of Locked On Guardians in a moment. You know, our friends at Built Bar are always coming out with new amazing flavors, and their new one is the Mud Pie flavor, and both Mud Pie Bar and a Mud Pie Puff. Uh, I got these in the mail. I quite enjoyed them. If you're someone who likes, like, the cookie and cream it's got kind of like a chocolate moussey thing i you know i am a big fan of them i thought they were delicious uh i will say mine it was a hot day got a little melty through them in the fridge they were fine but yeah go to builtbar.com remember to use that promo code lock 15 to save 15 percent on your order and it's just it, they're the best what more can i say other than they are the best i love built bar it is delicious mud pie is available right now uh, they have a deal about winning a golden ticket. I wish I could tell you what that's about. I haven't really looked at it. But you can still get the chocolate peanut butter uh, granola bar, which I loved. And the only reason I'm not ordering that is because I got a kid with a peanut allergy and it makes me nervous. But I, I might put on an order. I really enjoyed the mud pie. I might put one in on the puff. Uh, it, it's really good. They sent me two free in the mail. And I was like, you sent me a box of the birthday cake. Now, birthday cake is good. But I, I gotta be honest, mud pie is better than the birthday cake. Okay, just my personal opinion. If you're gonna order right now, it's a good time to order mud pie. The granola, I love the peanut butter granola. Uh, caramel brownie is still available. The brownie batter puff. 
I love the churro puffs. I, you know, I still have my last few of those. There are so many good flavors. And what's always fun is that there is always a new flavor around the corner. They're always going to do something. You get an exclusive uh, sample of coconut brownie chunk puff with every purchase of mud pie, which again is delicious. Go to BuiltBar.com today and check that out for yourself. And our other fantastic sponsor, as the sun comes out and small businesses are back in business, LinkedIn Jobs makes it easier to grow your team. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the people you want to interview faster and for free. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who who you'd like to interview and hire. So why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus the competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to even faster. Did you know every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash MLB. That's linkedin.com slash MLB to post your job for free. Terms, conditions, apply. So the Dodgers. Um, it's probably not a surprise that uh, they're a better team. And the Dodgers, it is interesting because they got Cleveland at home. Then they, they as well have the off day Monday. And then they have Cincinnati at Cincinnati. And then at Atlanta, so if you're like looking like I am right now at roster resources, it's just red teams. They're facing the red teams, but Ohio teams in particular. So starting off, uh, their primary catcher is Will Smith, the former Louisville one, who I think I talked about this when I saw everyone talking about the slap when that occurred. I'm like, why did Will Smith, the catcher, hit somebody? Uh, that's that's the the first Will Smith in my mind. Will Smith, the catcher, who's got a 14% walk rate, a 16% strikeout rate, and a 119 runs created plus. I didn't think he'd be this good. I thought it was a bit of an overdraft at the time, if I'm being honest. You know, I'll call him out when I get him right. I was wrong on this. This is a clear win for them. He has been great, especially at a position that is very hard to find. Moving on to first base, uh, Freddie Freeman. <laughs> That's right. You know, this team had the money to go out and add Freddie Freeman versus Josh Naylor. Freddie Freeman is at a 131 runs created plus and a 2.1 war. Josh Naylor is playing well, but he is not Freddie Freeman. Advantage Dodgers. Moving on to second base, where the Dodgers' primary second baseman this year has been Gavin Lux, former top prospect. Now, again, this is he's a perfect example of how development is not a straight line. It takes a while. Lux was supposed to be... I mean, 2020 was supposed to be the guy for them. And it's taken till now. But right now he's at a 118 runs credit plus. He's been worth a win and a half. He's rocking a 350 bat pip, so that's not going to stay up there. And he's got absolutely no power. Uh, I'll be curious to see what he develops into because I think we all thought there'd be a little more power, but like a .087 ISO, a 378 slugging. A lot of his value comes from defense and on base skills. And, you know, the bat pip says he's currently playing above his head. So there'll be some regression in line for them. But if you're comparing Gavin Lux and Andres Jimenez, Andres has been better. Don't at me. He's got more power. He's also rocking a ridiculously high bat pip that's going to eventually come back to bite him, but I think he's the better defender as well. Uh, again, Jimenez, if he played every day, would be a legitimate all-star candidate. It's just it's just a shame that it's not happening. And I let the kid play. Like it, Ernie Clement is not making your team better. Uh, if you want to rest Jose, there's there's a better way to do this. Um, but yeah, so Cleveland takes one there. Uh, shortstop Trey Turner versus 
uh, Ahmed Rosario. Uh, do we really need to, its advantage? I mean, Turner's just lights out one of the top shortstops in baseball. And uh, Rosario's been better, but he's still pretty much a you know net average-ish guy there at that position. So it is still a two-point lead heading over to third base where you know the, they have Justin Turner, who is starting to feel some time uh, catching up with him. Having a hard time remembering exactly where I have everything set up. Currently this year, he's at an 80 runs created plus. He's been a net negative defender for a few years, and he's 37 years age. That's a pretty easy win for Cleveland. I mean, first off, they have Jose Ramirez, who's the best third baseman in baseball, so it's always a win for Cleveland, but it's not really even much of a competition. So that actually means the Guardians split the infield because of the two stars they have on the infield. Uh, So it's a one-point advantage. Currently, the DH, I'm considering uh, Owen Miller. I've talked about how much he has come back to earth. Max Muncy is the DH for the Dodgers now. Former Guardians draft pick Max Muncy. Max Muncy? No, Max Muncy. You know, he's having a rough year. He still walks a ton, nearly 19.7%, but his slugging is a 280. His average is 153. Now he's got a 183 bat pip. He's been incredibly, incredibly unlucky. But right now, for I know I just spent a good chunk of the show talking about maybe Owen Miller is not an everyday player. Uh, he is outperforming Max Muncy this year. So, hey, it's tied going into the outfield. Uh, not what I think anyone would expect, but center field. Dodgers have Cody Bellinger, who's having a, a, a rebound season from where he was a year ago. Uh, so far this year, he is at a one nine. No, I'm sorry, he's at a 89 runs created plus positive defensive value. I thought he'd playing better than that. It must have been at the very start of the year. He's not at the full rebound. It's just weird that at age 25 and 26, he's like past his prime. Remember when Cody Bellinger was like the dude when he was an MVP candidate? It's just, it's very weird. Now he's also he's been a little bit unlucky, but he's not been massively unlucky. I just, I don't know. But that's. With what's going on with Straw, that's advantage for the Dodgers. Right field is uh, Mookie Betts for Cleveland. We're talking Oscar Gonzalez more often than not. Uh, that's advantage. Uh, Dodgers, do we really need to spend any time on that? And then Chris Taylor is currently their primary primary left fielder. Uh, they brought him back in, and he's just continuing to be Chris Taylor. 123 runs, create a plus. Not a great defender, but he's hitting well. Another player, I mean, nearly a 380 bat pip. That's going to be unsustainable. But that's better than Guan. So that gives him all three outfield spots uh, in terms of this just matchup of two teams. So that's a, a three-point advantage. Uh, starting pitching-wise, we miss Tony Gon- Gonsolin, who you know uh, has the best ERA in the National League. And Tyler Anderson. And they, uh, Dodgers... Dodgers, I always leave them off. You know, I, I talked about Houston. I talked about Milwaukee. I talked about Cleveland. I talked about Tampa. The Dodgers should be in that core group of, like, just the teams that do the best with pitching. Like, Tyler Anderson was uh, was good a year ago. And, what, Pittsburgh, he started out well, didn't do as much for Seattle. was a pretty cheap free agent for them to add, and he's been effective. Uh, Julio Urias has been solid. Clayton Kershaw, you know, has had a heck of a career. And they've had their own set of health issues. You know, Walker Bueller, there was some concern that he might need Tommy John. Dustin May did need Tommy John. Andrew Haney, I believe, is scheduled to come off the DL and pitch this past week. He was a, you know, he was so bad when he was traded to the Yankees 
that uh, the Dodgers kind of swooped in and got him very cheaply. I mean, on top of that, Danny Duffy, former starter, hurt. I mean, their bullpen is Victor Gonzalez, Tommy Kaline, Jimmy Nelson, Blake Trahan. They've done a lot of kind of uh, under-the-radar types of guys that were, you know, they're taking taking some gambles, taking some runs. And, of course, there's also Trevor Bauer on the restricted list. I didn't realize Andrew Tolles is still on the restricted list. That's one of the saddest recent stories in baseball is Andrew Tolles. Um, mental health issues. Uh, I I hope he's gotten that figured out. Uh, you can go find more on it. It's not really something that I you know have everything in there off the top of my head to pull up, but there's there's been stuff on on that story. But yeah, the Dodgers have a better pitching staff, and even with all of those injuries in their bullpen, Kimbrello's pitched well for them this year. Uh, Daniel Hudson, who was a closer for what Arizona, San Diego. He's pitched well. Uh, the rest of the bullpen has had some useful guys. They've got some, you know, Phil Bickford, who was a former first-rounder. David Price is pitching out of the bullpen. Uh, uh, Brewstar Gatrial. Yancy Almonte, who was like, like, it's interesting how many of these guys were just starters for other organizations, and it didn't work out, and Boston's just moving them to the pen and bringing them up. Uh, or Boston, the Dodgers. It's you know the Dodgers are excellent. <laughs> They're currently thirty nine twenty three. Uh, just looking at these matchups, Arias versus Plesac advantage. L A Kershaw Quantrell. Kershaw is Kershaw, but he's certainly felt the effects of age. He's still he's got a two seventy FIP. He's he's pitching very well this year in his six starts. So that's advantage. <coughs> Excuse me. Advantage to the Dodgers. Uh, Sunday is the one, Andrew Haney, Shane Bieber. That I I think one out of three is probably the best hope. Maybe we get lucky as Guardians fans. But, I mean, right now... It's me. Give you a nice little yawn there. Um, right now as Guardians fans, this team is playing pretty poorly against the Rockies. I don't have a lot of faith that they're going to get together against a much, much better Dodgers team. That's just where it is. And again, this stretch is where it opens up for Cleveland. They need to, you'll take one here, but Minnesota, they're going to need to take two of those games. Boston, two of those games. They need to start beating the good teams. They were able to get Four games over 500, beating up on bad teams. 31% chance now they make the playoffs. My fan graphs. Now, it's interesting that the White Sox are still 55% chance to make it, even though the White Sox are still not even 500 yet. We'll have to see how it plays out. It is an interesting thing. And, you know, I was just looking at roster resources earlier. I wanted to comment on this. How about the fact since in the entire month of June they have made one roster move? And that was for the doubleheader, recalling uh, Kirk McCarty for that day. That's it. Other than that, this team has not made any moves. Essentially since, you know, the whole situation with Fran Mill going on the disabled list. Sorry, everyone. Too many late nights for me. Uh, It's like two in the morning my time. That's, you know, just trying to record when I can. Uh... But, you know, when the what happened with Fran Mill and Sabale and Chang happened since then, they really have been consistently this same team, this same lineup. 
Uh, they've been kind of lucky to stay healthy. It feels like most teams, you know, it's like every few weeks someone's dinged up. Uh, hopefully we'll see some more players return. Fran Mill is playing in the minors. I think it's ridiculous how many people are just like, okay, can we like trade him for a nobody? Or can we just move on? It's, Cleveland has a lot of depth. We've talked about on this very show. The only two right-handed hitters amongst their entire outfield depth in the you know the upper two levels of the minors and in the majors are Fran Mill Reyes and Oscar Gonzalez. And Fran Mill has been, until this year, a very productive hitter uh, for Cleveland. He has been he was their number two hitter a year ago. He's 26 years old. He'll be 27 in July. But I don't even think people realize how young he is still that he's almost 27, and that over his career, his runs created plus 129, 111, 116, 125. This year, he's at a 54. That's an unusually low number for him. I don't think he's necessarily hit a wall and regressed. I think he will be fine. just has to be given that opportunity. And he'll be good, but it still boggles my mind how many people are just like, oh, he's done. Like that, that is the short sighted move that fans make that the Guardians front office will never make. They will never sell low on a guy because it's been a bad month. It's been a bad two months. It's 35 games. He'll rebound. He's the second half hitter, anyways, for most for the most part in his career, in my mind. Uh, he's going to be fine. He's going to be a part of this Indians team for a while, but. Yeah, I this team will be better when he is up, when he is the DH. Because, again, uh, right now, if I had my druthers, is that still um, something? It's like when he is healthy, Ernie Clement, you option him down. Fran Mill moves back in the DH role, and White kind of moves into the Clement role. And that's probably the best thing that they could do going forward. And especially if Fran Mill can return to the Fran Mill of old, which is someone with a career runs created plus of 114, that's, you know, right now on the other side of things, you know, Owen, uh, I keep saying White. Owen White is a pitcher for the Rangers. Owen Miller is the second baseman for Cleveland. Owen White was uh, had a great AFL quarterback and right-handed pitcher, same class as Cole Wynn. Uh, really like Owen White a lot for the Texas Rangers. But Owen Miller's got a 108 runs created plus. And, again, that has been sh- shrinking. Whereas for his career, Fran Mills is a 114. I- I'm going to run with that. And let's see. Fran Mill turns 27 in July. Owen Miller turns 26 in November. Like, it's not a huge age gap there. So it just and it's not to run down Owen. It's more that, like, it's a little bit crazy how quickly people just want to run down and forget about Fran Mill. Let's. I think that's a perfect point to kind of... Man, I cannot keep these short. I need to start doing it earlier in the day. Hopefully kids will actually go to bed earlier in the day. And, uh, you know, make these a little more concise. I apologize to all the listeners out there who, uh, you know, find them to be a bit more of a drag. It's interesting. The podcast listeners seem to want to keep it around 30. They're not all. And then the YouTube people are like, no, go 40, go an hour. So I, I really appreciate what I'm hearing from everyone. I did have a correction. Um, I said Mike Hegan on the show yesterday instead of Jim Hegan. I, you know, I absolutely know the Hegans, that uh, one was a, a catcher and one was an announcer. And wasn't Mike 
an announcer as well with the Brewers, or was it Jim started with the Brewers? You know, I'm gonna get myself in trouble. But yeah, it was a J and J. It was a with Hegan and Corgan, and uh, in, when it came to Cleveland, and I should know that because for a lot of years when I lived in New York City, I uh, it was too cheap to pay for MLB TV, but I'd pay for the radio and listen to Hammy and and Hegan as a radio pairing. But uh, yeah, that's that's the show for today. Well, uh, tomorrow is Paul Holden of Locked On Rockies, former OU graduate. So that's always a fun thing to have uh, another someone else who has Ohio ties who's going to be on the show. And uh, as I end every show now, go, go, Guardians, go.